The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. It's so great to be with you. You know, the the main hallmark of my work over 30-plus years has been to interview people who have really overcome challenges and turned those obstacles into opportunities. And this is what we're talking about today. We're talking about how, when life hands you lemons, some people make champagne. And uh, I'm interviewing the co-author of the book, Super Survivors, The Surprising Link Between Suffering and Success. And I'm on today with David Feldman. But let me preface this by saying to you, just picture this. A New York businesswoman is struck by cancer. She changes her life and becomes an international rock star. A man loses his sight and becomes the first blind person to row a boat across the Atlantic Ocean. A young basketball player is mangled in a horrible car wreck, rebuilds his body, and becomes one of Hollywood's most successful stuntmen. So why do some people succumb to tragedy and others are able to see it as a springboard for extraordinary accomplishments? That's the question we're going to answer today with co-author David B. Feldman and his his co-author is uh, Lee Daniel Kravitz. David's with us today by phone, and he's going to talk about his book, Super Survivors, the surprising link between suffering and success. All right, David Feldman is an associate professor of counseling psychology at Santa Clara University in Santa Clara, California. His research and writings have been published in some of the best journals in the field of psychology. They address hope, meaning, and growth in the face of life's difficult circumstances. He's lectured nationally, internationally. He's been reported in magazines such as Self, Fortune, U.S. News and World Report, Business Insider, and also Huffington Post and Psychology Today, and WebMD.com, and has appeared on national radio and television, and is the author of two previous books. Welcome, David Feldman. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is right up my alley. So my first question is, why did you write this book? Why did you want to tell these stories? Why was it so important? Yeah, well, you did a really good job of introducing the idea of super survival or Mm. what scientists call post-traumatic growth. This idea that although trauma is horrible, undoubtedly horrible, and nothing in this book uh, celebrates trauma in any way, the human spirit, the human psychological system has this amazing capacity to um, use these horrible events as ways of moving forward, being resilient, not only bouncing back, as we say, but bouncing forward. And the reason I wrote this book is because uh, a few years ago I was working really deeply with um, veterans returning from war zones uh, in the VA system. 
and I was um, working with groups of people who had really serious post-traumatic stress disorder, you know, the nightmares and the flashbacks mm. uh, that so often mm. visit people who have had terrible trauma. Yeah. And, and, and I was not surprised by the pain that they were going through. I was moved by it, but I wasn't surprised by it. Mm. But what I was surprised by was how commonly these people who were suffering were also growing. Uh, these uh, men and women uh, found ways of deepening in their relationship with spirituality, the divine, whatever they believe in, uh, finding new friends, deepening their relationships with others, in some cases seeing the grass as greener and the sky as bluer, and then in some rare cases really doing amazing things, like some of the folks in your intro, you know, founding NGOs that helped other veterans, sometimes tens of thousands of people, dramatically changing their lives and their careers. Uh, and I wanted to figure out, and, and so did my co-author, Lee Kravitz, wanted to figure out how do they do that? You know, and by the way, the statistic is immense. 80%, according to the research, of people who have encountered a trauma in some way grow through their mm -hmm. trauma experience. That doesn't mm -hmm. mean they don't suffer. They do. Mm -hmm. But they also in some way grow. So this yeah. is part of human nature. And we wanted yeah. to explore that. Yeah, you make a point that super survivors are not necessarily positive thinkers in the traditional sense. And that research shows that that silver lining thinking can actually do harm when people face adversity. So how does this super survivor mindset differ from that traditional positive thinking that permeates so many self-help books? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, hearing you say that makes me think of one of our super survivors. His name is, is Alan Locke. And you mentioned him briefly before. This is a guy who, a British guy, had always dreamed of being in the British Royal Navy. And at 25 years old, he achieved that dream, and he was serving a, um, on a, as a sailor on a destroyer. And he started to notice that he couldn't read his charts and his maps uh, very well. And so he went to the doctor, and he was diagnosed with macular degeneration, mm. uh, a medical condition that would eventually cause him to, to go blind. Uh, this is a condition that mostly people in their 80s and their 90s get. He was only 25, and he indeed did go blind. And not only did he lose his vision, or, or at least 95% of it, but he also lost his career in the Navy, and he was left completely distraught and depressed um, in a very, felt like a very hopeless place. Um, and we asked him uh, how he did the incredible thing that he went on to do, only a few years later, he went on to be the first blind person to row across the Atlantic Ocean in a rowboat. He also has since become the first legally blind person to trek across Antarctica and now holds two Guinness World Records. Mm. And he said, look, I'll tell you what helped me, but what didn't help me was positive thinking. Um, he said... In the aftermath of his tragedy, and by the way, we heard this from lots of our super survivors that we interviewed. Uh, we interviewed over 100. We profile about 17. That what didn't help them was positive thinking. Uh, they said in the aftermath of their trauma and their tragedy, people often told them, look on the bright side, think positively, everything will be okay, just smile and be happy. But they said the more they tried to do that, the more they just felt like they were lying to themselves. And they felt... Mm -hmm alienated from their self, themselves, and they felt alienated from others. What they did tell us, what Alan told us was helpful, was realistic thinking. 
um, something that we came to call grounded hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it has two parts, really briefly. The first part is the grounding. Um, Alan first grounded himself in the realistic, realistically where he was in life. He didn't try to paint a smiley face over it. He didn't try to look on the bright side. He admitted to himself, look, I've lost my vision. I'm not getting it back. Doctor after doctor has told me that. I've lost my job. I'm not getting it back. Lawyer after lawyer has told me that. And he tells us only once he grounded himself in realistically what he could not change about mm-hmm. the situation. And he looked at what could he could do the change. next thing, which was to ap- ask himself the incredibly hopeful question, yeah. realistic but hopeful question, mm-hmm. what am I going to do now? How can mm-hmm. I build the best life that I can mm-hmm. on top of where I am? Mm-hmm. And it was that question, what now? Grounded mm-hmm. in the reality of a situation that was the first step on his journey mm-hmm. towards super survival. Yeah, and we I- heard that over and over. Yeah, I have to tell you that I've interviewed people like this, and one of the people that I interviewed early in my career is Bill Irwin, who was the first blind man who trekked the Appalachian Trail with his dog Orient, and no one's ever wow. done it before since. 10,000 miles, I think. It's, it's, you know, the trail is very long. And uh, it, it was amazing. And I interviewed him, and he had his dog at the time. He's since passed, but it was an amazing feat. And he wrote a book about it called Blind Courage. And I, I think, you know, as you said, it's, it's not what you're saying is you have to get away from the Pollyanna thinking and dreaming about unrealistic things. You have to look at, yeah. you have to, there's almost like an acceptance. It's like, you know, those five stages of loss where you finally mm-hmm. come to the point where you accept it. You deny yeah. it, you get angry about it, and then you finally accept it. And then that's where you can move forward. What do you think? Real hope, real hope right. is grounded right. in realistic thinking about really what has happened to you and acceptance of really where you are. That's where real hope stems from. And I I love the way you've characterized the other kind of not-so-helpful positive thinking, which is kind of this Pollyanna pie-in-the-sky, paint-a-smiley-face-over-it. And that that may comfort you in the the short term, but it's really hard to fix the situation until you first really accept uh, and admit what's happening to you. Here's my question, David, that I'm curious about is if you lined up these people and you looked at them, is there something in their nature or their genes or their personality that's common, like all these people had resilience? Or do you think, no, these people just made a decision, I'm going to use those skills? I think it's more the latter than the former, and I think that's really, really good news for all of us. You know, going to the research, and we, we looked at hundreds of research studies for this to really ground the book in, in really what scientists are saying. There are some personality characteristics that tend to help people to uh, become super survivors. One of them is it so happens that extroverted people, for whatever reason, I'm an introvert, but extroverted reason, people, for whatever reason, tend to grow a bit more after trauma. That people with naturally high self-esteem tend to grow a little bit more after trauma. But that's about it. I mean, there mm-hmm. isn't that much personality-wise that predisposes people to grow. The rest, which is really what we go to, into in this book, is exactly what you've characterized. It's the decision. Yeah. It's the decision but, to practice grounded hope and to marshal your own personal strengths, no matter what well, those are. I think there's another part, though, because I know for me I haven't been through this kind of trauma. Thank you, Lord. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I have been through changes in very difficult times. And I think for me part of it that drives me is there's an outcome I want. 
and the re- and if I don't do it, if if I sit there, I won't get to that grounded outcome. So there, it's a little bit of fear that's driving me, in a, in a positive way. It's like okay, well, if you don't do anything, you could be over there, you know, pe- you know, shoveling snow. <laughs> but if you do, if you do these four hundred, these other things, you may get to your dream. And even if you don't, you're going to move ahead. Did, does that resonate? I think that does resonate. A lot of the super survivors we interviewed um, made us really promise to, to, to say in the book that they're not superhuman, that they're not superheroes, right. that they're not right. special. They're ordinary people who they think did what anyone else could do in their situation. And I, I think it often came down to them looking at their lives and saying, well, what choice did I have? It was either stay mired in, um, in the trauma or try to move forward. Um, and oftentimes they said that one of the things the trauma taught them was if they can survive the trauma, they can survive anything. anything. One guy we interviewed, his name is Casey Peretti. This is a guy who, when he was uh, 20 years old, uh, his car had broken down by the side of the road and he was pushing it. When a drunk driver ran into the rear bumper of the car, he mm. couldn't get out. Uh, in time, it sliced his leg off. He lost his mm. leg, mm. and there was no reattaching it. And he actually had been uh, a basketball player. He was on a basketball scholarship to his mm. college, so he lost his scholarship as a result of that as well. Now, he, flash forward about 20 years, he is now Hollywood's most sought-after stuntman, mm. uh, or at least one of the most sought-after stuntmen, and his specialty is getting his leg blown off because only he can do that, because he doesn't have one. Um, Just a a tremendous guy. Mm. And what Mm. he tells us is, now that he's been through the worst possible thing he can imagine, losing his leg, I can't even imagine what that would be like. He Mm. said, the trials and the tribulations, the fear of failure, the normal obstacles and losses of everyday life seem small in comparison. Mm. It actually, he says, ironically, makes him more willing to follow his dreams, to take risks, mm. to be less afraid of, of living. And so trauma, while it can immobilize us, can also free us up. Yeah, all right, and on that note, powerful, powerful material here. On that note, we're going to come back uh, with our guest, David Feldman, who is the co-author of the book, Super Survivors, the Surprising Link Between Suffering and Success. It's a HarperCollins book. It's out this year. Uh, how can people find this book? Well, they can either visit us on Facebook by typing in Super Survivors, all one word, or they can go to supersurvivors.com, and um, we've got a lot of information on there for folks. All right. We'll be right back right here on the Patricia Raskin Show. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. 
Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health, all kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Do you love to travel? Now, that's a silly question, isn't it? Who doesn't love to travel? Join Lindsay T. Boyd, a.k.a. The Dreamweaver, for Travel Time. A professional travel agent, Lindsay will spotlight the world of travel, from maps and other travel tools to make your trips easier, to your rights as a passenger, to different aspects of travel, such as sports, faith, or experiential vacations. Travel Time with Lindsay T. Boyd, Dreamweaver, airs live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. We're here on VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin. And I'm very excited today to have such an amazing guest because this topic is right up my alley. It's what I do with my work. My guest is David Feldman, Ph.D., and he's the co-author of Super Survivors, The Surprising Link Between Suffering and Success. And he talks about when life hands out lemons, some people make champagne. And that's what he talks about, the science and humanity of achievement and success with these super survivor amazing stories. A man loses his eyesight and becomes the first blind person to row a boat across the Atlantic Ocean. A basketball player who is young is mangled in a car wreck, rebuilds his body and becomes one of Hollywood's most successful stuntmen. A New York businesswoman is struck by cancer and changes her life by becoming an international rock star. So these things happen. Welcome back, David. Thanks. All right. Here's my question for you. You are one of the leading experts on the topic of hope, which is what I talk about on my program. In your book, you write about grounded hope. What role does this play in surviving a trauma? Yeah, so, you know, grounded hope. We all know what hope is. We all have this sense that that hope is, you know, believing that good things are going to happen, sort of like optimism. Um, but we really wanted to, to, to build the case for a new kind of hope, a kind of hope that wasn't pie-in-the-sky, um, Pollyanna-ish thinking, as you said in the first uh, segment, but was instead a realistic kind of hope, a kind of hope that we could all have. And, and, and it has these two parts. The first part is really the grounding, grounding yourself in the reality of your situation, in really what has happened to you. And so we heard people that we interviewed say things like, you know, here I am, 25 years old, I've been diagnosed with an incredibly virulent cancer, and I don't know if I'm going to survive. Or here I am, 25, and I've lost my leg, and, I not, and it's not going to come back. Or here I am, in my teens, and I've lost my family in, in genocide. Um, I mean, you've got to ground yourself in the reality of your situation before you can do anything about it. And the second part 
is, is the hope part of Grounded Hope, which is asking yourself that incredibly hopeful yet simple question, what now? Given where I am, how am I going to build the best life that I can on top of this? And that means beginning to set goals, to marshal your personal strengths. We all have different personal strengths and to make the best of the ones we have and to, to take one step at a time towards a better future. You know, so many people stay mired in, in trauma, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Trauma yeah. is horrible. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes people say, well, you know, I've got to think about the past. I've got to think about the past. Mm-hmm. I've got to honor the past. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And grounding yourself in the reality of what has happened, the present and the past is important. But don't forget the future. Don't forget to simultaneously ask yourself that question, what now? Given where I am, what can I do? One tiny step at a time can lead to a better future. Yeah, so important. How long does it usually take for a super survivor to pick him or herself up after a trauma and super achieve? You know, I wish I could give you a firm answer to that. Um, you know, we've, when we've been touring for this book... We've had people come up in the midst of terrible times and have kind of asked us, how long until I feel better again? How long until I can put this behind me? And as much as I'd love to say, well, you've only got two months left until everything is better, I just don't think human beings work that way. We have seen people who have managed their journey to super survival almost immediately uh, Mm -hmm. after their trauma. Uh, Casey Peretti, who I mentioned, lost his leg in a car accident. When he woke up uh, in his hospital bed without a leg, he looked down and he thought to himself, well, okay, there's nothing I can do about this, uh, but I'm going to move forward in my life and do great things. I, in fact, am going to run a marathon within a year. I mean, that was his attitude as soon as he woke up. And he didn't run a marathon, but he did go on to rollerblade across the United States uh, raising money all the while for kids who had lost mm-hmm. limbs. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. His super survival journey was almost immediate. Other people, it may take 20 years. Yeah. We, inter- we interviewed a woman who actually didn't make it into the book. Well, actually, we didn't interview her because she had passed away uh, in a very old age, very ripe age. But we interviewed many people who knew her. Her name was Helga Newmark, and she had been a little girl in Nazi concentration camps during mm-hmm. World War II. Mm-hmm. nearly died, and was then liberated from the camp. And this, of course, caused her incredible emotional distress and problems during much of her life for decades. Uh, she had been raised in a religious, faithful Jewish family. She lost her religion. She lost mm-hmm. her faith. She wrestled with lots of different ways to believe. She found that she didn't trust others. She didn't trust herself. She didn't trust God. Actually, her wrestling with all this is, is, is chronicled in a book that she wrote called Letters to the Wise One. Well, it took her most of her life, but in her 50s, many decades later, mm-hmm. she becomes the first woman survivor of a concentration camp to be ordained as a rabbi. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and went on to help many, many people yeah. uh, find ways of growing from trauma. And, yeah, but it I've took her many years. Yeah, I've interviewed many Holocaust survivors, and they always amaze me. I mean, amaze me. Mm. Yeah, and I think, um, but I will say something. You know, if you go back to Viktor Frankl's book, 
Man's mm. Search for Meaning. And you look at, you know, he was a psychotherapist or psychiatrist who was in the camp, which saw death all around him. And he said what got him through was seeing the, the face of his wife, was seeing those pictures of loved ones. I mean, keeping those hopeful images, even though death was all around him, was what got him through it. And I think that we all have those images inside of us. We have to find for us what's the most important. What we found uh, in our study of super survivors often got people uh, through and, and not only helped them to bounce back from their trauma but bounce forward was actually having a firm grip on what was most important to them in their lives, mm-hmm. um, what they yeah. really, truly yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. One of the things that trauma does, of course, is it, it throws us for a loop. It causes ama- amazing um, distress. But it also can serve to focus us on what really is important. If life yes. really is short, if mm-hmm. life really is fragile, and that's something mm-hmm. people realize through trauma ordeals, then who do I really want to be? What do I yeah. really want to be doing? Yeah. How do I really want to spend mm. my time? Mm. Um, and, and we found that um, trauma occasioned people to ask those questions, and the answers, in part, are what changed people's lives. Mm. Amazing. I mean, this is such important work, really. All right. Are there any... By, I asked you this before, but according to science... Are there any biological factors involved in super survival, according to science? Yeah, so, I mean, there are, we, we're not that far in science yet that I can tell you that there are ways that we can do lab tests to test you in advance to see if you have, you know, the super survival gene. I'm not even sure there is one. But we yeah. do know that growing from trauma has real biological effects on the human being. So there was recently a study done at Stanford University Medical Center uh, where they took women who had metastatic breast cancer. These are mostly deadly or can be deadly cancers. These were women who were really suffering. And um, they measured the degree to which these women had grown through their cancer ordeal. And what they found out was the women who had grown more who had practiced super survival, had more appropriate endocrine functioning, which we know is associated with longer survival, longer life uh, in the midst of breast cancer. So this can have real impacts, not only on one's emotional uh, reality, but on one's physical reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see more studies done on that because I don't think this is a pie-in-the-sky kind of thing. I think this is a real phenomenon that that we all should be harnessing to make ourselves healthier, happier, um, uh, living more satisfied lives. Absolutely. All right, last question for you, and because we have to come to a close, is how difficult is it for normal survivors of a trauma? And now when I say normal, I'm thinking you've lost a loved one, you've been with many years, you've lost a huge client, or you've lost a career, a job, or, um, you know, you've, you've, had, you've, you've found out that you've, you're sick and you may not have that long to live. So how do you develop skills and attitudes that you lay out in your book? Can a perennial pessimist, somebody who's knocked out by all of this, be taught skills for super survival? The answer is yes, of course they can. That, that, that's really what our whole book is about. And I'm glad you mentioned the normal trauma survivor because 
Obviously, the 17 people that we profile in this book are extraordinary and have done yes. amazing things. Yes. But our, our hope is that by spending a little time with these folks and also the science that really shows us the, the way through trauma, that a little bit of what they have will rub off on us, mm-hmm. that we can learn how to deal with the traumas, stressors uh, in our own lives, no matter what they are, um, through the path that these folks have laid out. And yes, I think anyone absolutely can do it. Uh, And we've talked about some of the principles, grounded hope, setting goals, marshalling your personal strengths, social support, and a particular kind of social support is another one. We talked a little bit about spirituality, and it turns out that there are some forms of spirituality that may be more helpful than others. I'm not talking about Spirit, I'm not talking about religious denominations, just some ways of relating to ourselves and Absolutely. our spirituality. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a lot that we all can do. Okay. All right. And tell us how we can get your book again, please. Absolutely. Uh, you can either go onto Facebook and type in Super Survivors and you'll find our fan page and please like us. Or you can go to supersurvivors.com and there's lots of information and links to our book, etc. on there. All right, stand the line for a minute, David. All right, my guest has been David Feldman, and he is the co-author of this amazing book, which is Super Survivors, A Surprising Link Between Suffering and Success, and How You Can Have Grounded Hope in Your Life. Well, just wonderful. Thanks so much, David, for being on the program. Thank, thank you. All right, stay with us for a minute. All right, stay tuned, folks. We're coming up with our next interview right after the break, right here on voiceamerica.com. And the Patricia Raskin Show will be right back. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.